y'all. Rochelle here. And Lynn. If you like our podcast, be sure to rate and review us on your podcast platform. Or share us on social media so more folks out there can join the Idgits and Aspets family. And don't forget to subscribe as well so you automatically have our newest episodes. Okay, so today we are talking about season seven, episode five, called Shut Up, Dr. Phil. We start out at a hair salon. A woman follows a stylist through some sliding doors to the back of the salon. She's talking on her cell phone. She says, Karen, don't second guess yourself. Yes, your house is beautiful, but didn't you tell me a million times that it's Rick Stream's house? <laughs> Selling it is how you punish his ass, Karen, after what you've been through. Don't you deserve that? The woman sits down at her hair dryer machine. She says on the phone, you do, honey. I'll have the papers ready tomorrow. Yay, I'm proud of you. Bye. The woman says to the stylist, I'm not good. I'm very good. <laughs> Little fool yourself, it's fine. <laughs> exactly. The stylist laughs and gives her a magazine. He says, there you are. The woman says, thank you. He says, all right. And then he lowers a beehive hair dryer, hair dryer over the woman's head and turns it on. He says, 10 minutes, holler if you need anything. Then he leaves. The woman starts to look uncomfortable and tries to get out of the hairdryer, but an invisible force is keeping her in. The woman yells, Chris. She tries to lift the hairdryer, but it's too hot to touch. She tries again to lower herself out, but she can't. She says, ow, Chris, ow. The hairdryer starts to smoke. The Can I just says, say that that would be terrifying? Terrifying. I have a whole new fear. <laughs> God. The woman says, ow, Chris, get back here. And the lights start flashing from the hairdryer. She screams, Chris, she screams some more. And then she goes still, the hairdryer turns off. Chris comes in uh, from the sliding doors and says, oh my God, somebody help. He lifts the hairdryer from the woman's head and screams when he sees her. I mean, <laughs> <then> we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we get our opening title sequence. So we cut to Dean sleeping in a motel room. He's having a nightmare of flashbacks. Uh, in one flashback, we see Cass sinking under the water while being full of leviathans. We see Sam shooting at Lucifer in a warehouse. <laughs> Sam says, leave me alone. I said, shut up. Just stop. And we see Dean killing Amy. And Dean saying to her, you are what you are. You will kill again. Amy says, I won't. I swear. Dean wakes up and looks at the empty bed next to him. Then he picks up a beer bottle, but it's still, but it's empty. I was going to say, but it's still empty. Like, why would it still be? I mean, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. Well, because he probably went to bed last night going, oh man, it's empty. It's empty. <laughs> and then he woke up and it was still empty. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, okay. So Dean does some research on a laptop looking for a case. He finds an article about Wendy Goodson, who's the woman from the hair salon. Um, he's drinking a glass of whiskey as he reads and pours himself another, emptying the bottle. Sam runs past the window and then enters the room. Dean says, somebody better be chasing you. <laughs> Sam says, it's good for you. Dean says, no, no, it's not good for you. Look at you. You're a mess and you stink. Well, while you were being Lance Armstrong, <laughs> Sam says, that would be biking. Dean says, I was working. You ever heard of a town called Prosperity, Indiana? Sam says, has anybody? Dean <laughs> says, two of their fine citizens died over the past two weeks. Uh, this one chick, she roasted underneath one of those beehive hair dryers at the hair salon. That'd be awful. Ugh, so awful. And this other guy boiled in a hot tub. Sam says, you don't see a lot of that. Dean says, no, you don't. Sam says, it's worth checking out. Dean says, yeah. Sam says, you know, one more thing. What's going on with you? Dean says, we have had this conversation, Sam. Sam says, no, we haven't. See, to do that, you'd have to sort of speak. <laughs> Dean says, okay, let's see if you can get this straight. So you're, you're new, Sam, right? Lance Armstrong? 
Sam says, biking? Dean says, and, uh, and I'm still me, okay? All right, so you might see things different now. Call it a runner's high or some crap, but that doesn't mean that something's going on with me, okay? Sam says, yeah, okay. Dean says, no, don't say yeah, okay, like yeah, okay. <laughs> taxi, Sam walks taxi. away. <laughs> I know. Sam walks away and says, yeah, okay, from the other room. Dean picks up his glass, but then puts it down without taking a drink. So we cut to the outside of Jack's grocery. Chet, who is the Leviathan searching for them, uh, is walking towards his car while talking on the phone. Chet says, yes, sir, I understand. Yes, I definitely do realize this Winchester thing is taking far too long, and I'm sorry about that. No worries, I can be there in a day and a half. Yeah, I'll hit the road now. He puts some groceries in his trunk, and we see a dead man is also stuffed in the trunk. Chet says, I just stopped for a quick refuel. Thanks, it'll be my pleasure. So we cut to Prosperity, Indiana. Sam and Dean drive past the bench with Wendy Goodson's picture on it. We cut to outside of the Prosperity Medical Arts Building. Sam says to Wendy's sister, I'm very sorry. I know this is a tough time to have to talk about all this. Wendy's sister says, I've already been through it so many times with the lawyers, the police, the insurance guys. Sam says, right, I know, I know. We just have to conduct our own separate investigation. I'm sorry, I know it's tough. Can I ask you, did your sister have any enemies? Wendy's sister says, why do you ask that? You think her death wasn't accidental? Sam says, no, no, we just have to consider every possibility. Is there anyone who might have wanted to harm her? Wendy's sister says, you don't live here, so you don't know. Everyone loved Wendy. She volunteered at the church. She ran a group for kids. I was the big sister and I looked up to her. Sam says, what about this man who died? Who died? <laughs> who did? <laughs> what I about mean, this man who wrong. died? <laughs> yeah. Man who did? Well, also. <laughs> uh, he says, Carl Dunlap. Did she know him? Wendy's sister says, I don't think so. Sam says, well, Wendy was in real estate, right? Carl Carl was an architect. <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Carl. Carl uh, was an architect. Maybe they had some business dealings. Wendy's sister said, if, says, if they had worked together, I would have heard the name. Agent Sambora, if someone did this to my sister, find out who. So we cut to the inside of Josephine's hair salon. Dean says, uh, and nobody was back here but Wendy. Chris, the stylist, says, no, but I was only gone for a minute. Dean says, you can't even crank these, crank these things past a certain temperature. Am I wrong? Chris says, if it started to blow a fuse or something, it would have shut down. Dean says, oh, basically you're saying that this couldn't have happened. Chris says, basically I'm saying it couldn't have happened. <laughs> Dean looks behind the hairdryer frame. Chris says, the insurance adjuster already did that. Dean says, thanks for the heads up. Dean finds a coin on the floor. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking down separate streets and talking on the phone. Sam says, wait, what kind of coin? Dean says, it's not American. I don't know where it's from. It was wedged back behind one of those machines. Somebody could have dropped it. Of course, they don't have pockets in those robe thingies that they make you wear. <laughs> He's like, the robe thingies. Yeah. It's just a robe. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, I didn't realize you were such a spa expert. Mm -hmm. Dean stops in front of a bench with Wendy Good Goodson's real estate ad on it. The plants all around it are dead. Uh, Dean says, shut up. I observe with my eyes. Sam says, yeah, yeah, whatever you say. So you're thinking I'm, a, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm having issues here. <laughs> it's all good. We all okay. do sometimes. All right. Okay. Sam says, so you're thinking it must be some kind of hex talisman? Dean says, maybe. Sam says, all right, pick me up. Dean says, why don't you just run home, Lance? Sam says, Dean. Dean says, yeah, I'll be there in a bit. But first Dean goes inside a liquor store. 
So we cut to the end of a work shift at a construction site. A man puts some stuff in his truck and then heads to a porta potty. While he's peeing, a pump in the back of his truck starts and a nail gun moves on its own through the air, stops outside the porta potty, and the door pops open. And the man says, Oh man, come on. The man turns around and sees the nail gun in the air pointing at him. The nail gun fires a bunch of times. Bloody nails stick out through the back wall of the porta potty. Disgusting. The man, the man has been shot so many times, including one to the once to the face. The it's nail like gun got his cheek pierced like through the back and like yeah. stuck his skull to the back of the porta potty. Like that's disgusting. Also, what it kind of reminded me of, I know you haven't seen Game of Thrones, but right. spoiler alert for people who haven't. Also, it's been out for long enough. You should know by now if you're wanting to watch it. So plug your ears if you don't <laughs> want to hear. But Tyrion one of the characters like shoots his father on the toilet <laughs> with a crossbow because he's like I hate you and like kills him on the potty <laughs> oh my god and it kind of reminded me of that just like you yeah. know a little more modern day with a nail gun instead of like a crossbow but yeah yeah uh. I kind of liked the I'm sure they probably didn't like I don't think game of Thrones. that episode of game of thrones would have been out you know oh yeah by this time but like i kind of like the similarities yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay so the nail gun moves in closer and shoots two more times the pump stops and the nail gun falls to the ground so we cut to some time later sam and dean show id badges at the construction site sam goes inside a portable building and dean talks to a policeman outside dean says so what do we know about the vic the policeman says, Dewey Stevens, owner, Dewey Stevens Construction, biggest outfit in town. Uh, Rotarian, Methodist, tenor, blue ribbon, pe- pecan pie champ, asthmatic. Pecan pie. <laughs> <laughs> the policeman says, we're a close-knit community. Dean says, so this uh, pillar of the community, he was taking a leak before he uh, sprung a few? <laughs> the a cop says, the crew had gone for the day. The site was shut down. Dean looks inside the portable toilet and checks out Dewey Stevens' body. Dean says, anything unusual besides the nails and the eyes? The policeman Yuck. says, well, we're still trying to figure out where they plugged in the nail gun, seeing as there's no generator on the truck. Dean says, well, when you figure that out, let me know. So Dean looks inside the portable toilet again and finds a coin. He then joins Sam in the portable building. Dean says, so another victim uh, everyone likes. Sam says, not everybody. Dean says, another physically impossible death. You got any ideas? Sam says, Cirque du Soleil. Dean says, oh, I found another one of these, just like at the hairdryer brain roast. And Dean hands Sam the coin. Sam says, and I found a connection with all the Vicks. Uh, These email logs show Wendy, the real estate chick, Carl, the architect, and this Dewey guy were all working on a shopping center project together. Dean says, well, didn't we? Dean says, why didn't we know about that? Sam says, well, it all fell apart for some reason. I mean, there are all these emails back and forth, pretty hot and heavy, and suddenly they just stopped. Dean says, so everybody working on this project has died? Sam says, well, not yet. They are working with a developer, a guy named Don Stark. Dean says, Don Stark, why do I know that name? So we cut to, we cut to outside a large town building. A bust of a man sits outside the building with the plaque reading, Don Stark, founder of the Prosperity Charity Foundation. There are posters on the building advertising an upcoming art auction. Sam says, man, this Stark guy is really plugged in, huh? Dean says, so all the players in this, the shopping center project, have either fried, boiled, or kebabbed. He could be next. Dean takes out his flask. 
Sam says, really? From a freaking flask? What are you, bad Santa on the job? <laughs> Was Dean he said, making a reference to that you know, that Santa guy that they thought was, oh, what did they think he was? Like the Santa that was living in- Oh, I don't think so. I think they're making a reference to the actual movie, Bad Santa. Okay. Because I was like, it kind of seemed to me like he was making a reference to like the drunk Santa guy from that one episode. Yeah, it could have been that too. I don't know. (laughs) I was just kind of like- Yeah, that was was funny as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Silent night. (laughs) That was so funny. Uh, Okay. Um, Sam says, on the job- Dean says, we're always on the job. Sam's phone beeps. Dean takes a drink and Sam reads his message. Sam says, all right, Bobby emailed back. I sent him a few pics of the coins you found. He says the writing is Romanian Cyrillic used only in the mid 15th to 19th century. Apparently it's an antique Wallachian ducat. I don't know if I said that right, but that's fine. I have no idea. (laughs) Dean says, so we're looking for an old Romanian. Sam says, you know, is it just me or is this really weird? Sam gestures at the dead plants around the base of Don Stark's bust. Dean says, huh, I've seen this once before where the plants are all dead in one spot. Sam says, where? Dean says, a bust bench with Wendy Goodson's picture on it. I mean, I'm no expert, but I don't think plants are supposed to act like this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but imagine, let let me just paint a picture for you here. (laughs) Imagine if Dean was a plant person. Like, I feel like he would have all these plants all over the place and they would be named like different names from like rock bands and oh, they yeah. would be like succulents and like cactuses and that sort of stuff. And yeah. he'd be like, you know, this is my friend Zeppelin or whatever. I don't know. You know, like yeah. that's like, I'm well, okay. Probably not Zeppelin because that's his, his son, but yeah. still, you know, like, <laughs> You know, like Dean as a person just being like, yeah, this is, you know, heart and this is Leonard or something, you know, like yeah. just all these, oh man. He would and he totally would be so that. anal about his plants, I'm sure. I think so too. Just like, no, you can only give this one this many sprays of water and not that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he doesn't care about that. anything but his plants. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see that. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Because I feel like he would treat them like he treats baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. <laughs> this is little I don't children. know why I gave you a double. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. So we cut to Don Stark's house. Don says, if the Bureau's involved, I assume you think all three were murdered. Dean says, it's looking that way. Yes. Sam says, no, Mr. Stark, you had a relationship with all three victims, correct? Don says, oh, I knew them in business circles, I guess. Sure. Dean says, and you were all involved in a shopping center project. Why did that fall through? Don says, well, these things happen. A hot blonde girl knocks on the open doorway. Don says, oh, Jenny, these gentlemen are from the FBI. Jenny Klein, my assistant. Jenny says, hi there. Okay, Don, I'm off to the cleaners, and then I'm going to stop at Beeman, Beeman, and Beeman for the revised contracts. Don says, hurry on back. You know how things fall apart without you. Jenny says, oh, I baked you some cupcakes. Coconut. Don says, coconut. You're too good to me, Jenny. Jenny says, I'll see you soon. And she leaves. Sam and Dean stare at Don. Don says, she bakes cupcakes. (laughs) Dean says, (laughs) says, yummy. (laughs) Dean says, yummy, like a creepo right there. 
I just want to say that uh, Jenny is another Hallmark girl. Okay, can I just also say that she's in Heartland? Oh, is she? She's like the queen bitch from Heartland. <laughs> oh, how funny. Oh, I just want to say that Don Stark and his wife Maggie are from Buffy, the vampire slayer. Mm-hmm. They're like major characters. I don't know if you knew that. So Those are the interesting facts. There's oh, a couple other things that they're into. Okay, I'll or shut up. Then. One other thing anyways, but yeah. Yeah, I'll shut up. Okay. Oh, no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Well, like first, it's a state secret or something. Yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, yay, Spike and Cordelia. <laughs> and then when they kiss, like, I don't know if these actors don't act like, aren't like friendly or something, but like their kiss had no chemistry at all. I don't know if you noticed that. They kind of like went in like, I have to kiss you now. I don't remember. Yeah. I remember thinking the first time, like, wow, they really didn't want to kiss each other. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I, I don't remember it at all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like, I remember the kiss, I guess, but I don't remember much about it other than they kissed. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Sam says, you know, you could point me, or no, that's not what he says. <laughs> Sam says, you know, could you point me to the restroom? I had a little too much Java. Don says, yeah, around the corner, down the hall. Sam says, thanks, and leaves the room. Dean says, so, uh, usually in cases like these, uh, and then we cut to Sam running up a staircase instead of finding the bathroom. He's just Uh, like, bye! (laughs) Yeah. Cut back to Dean. Don says, are there cases like these? Dean says, oh, you'd be surprised. We start out with, oh, we start... Okay, this is going to be one of those episodes. It's fine. Okay. We all have them. Yep. And by we all, I mean, I have a lot of them too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Dean says, oh, you'd be surprised. We start out with the basics. Uh, do you have any business rivals? Don says, sure, tons. You know, real estate's brutal. Dean says, well, that was easy. Don says, on the other hand, I've demonstrated my love for this town, and I think it's safe to say I'm respected for what I've done here. So we cut to Sam entering a bedroom and then the walk-in closet. He finds a necklace with a five-pointed star pendant and a box containing witchcraft items and papers with um, strange symbols on it. We cut to Dean and Don, who are looking at framed awards and pictures. One says, Citizen of the Year. Don says, yeah, one of my real treasures. Dean looks at a framed picture and reads, to Don, take no prisoners, D. Trump, the Trumpster, wow. Can I just say... Without being, <laughs> I like she's gonna say something <laughs> without being political that i want to vomit that's all i want to say that's it i don't think we should say anything else no okay yeah, it's, it's i think it's that's a mutual thing at least between the two of us <laughs> yep okay all right don says like i said success breeds fierce competition sam comes back into the room don says but in the end everyone here respects and admires me sam says including your wife Dean and Don stare at Sam. Sam says, sorry, it's just we heard the two of you were splitting up, right? Dean says, yeah, that's uh, that's what we heard. Don says, yeah, Maggie and I are going through a tough time. It's a separation, temporary. Sometimes, you know, you grow apart. It's no one's fault. Sam says, and how would you describe the uh, issues between you and your wife? Don <laughs> says, it's just one of those marital misunderstandings, you know. Sam says, no, I'm sorry, I don't. 
Don says, it's one of those vague, hard to define passages. Dean <laughs> says, she caught you cheating, huh? I couldn't help but notice things are kind of cordial between you and your assistant. Pretty good with the ladies there, Mr. Stark. It's a blessing and a curse, isn't it? Don says, guys, I'm a people person and I admire dynamic, confident women. Sam says, admire. Don says, okay, look, it's true. I had a recent little thing with a business associate, but that's all it was. Dean says, a thing? Don says, yeah. Sam says, like a shoe or a golf club. Dean says, right, like a waffle iron. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, <laughs> Dean says, Not yeah. A waffle no. iron with this person. <laughs> <laughs> we got together and made waffles. <laughs> Maybe pancakes if we were feeling frisky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Dean says, yeah, no, see, Don, uh, wives generally think of an affair as something more than a thing. <laughs> Don says, yes. And when Maggie found out about it, she needed some time off temporarily. Dean says, huh? Now, if we were to guess that the business associate was Wendy Goodson, would we win the weekend trip to Maui? <laughs> Don says, no, her death had nothing to do with the affair. It was over long before her accident. Dean says, if it was an accident. Don says, you're not implying that Maggie was behind this. Excuse you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Sam says, no, we're not implying anything. We're just saying you should be careful and take her to dinner and apologize. (laughs) Dean says, yeah, and a grovel wouldn't hurt. (laughs) Sam and Dean leave Don's house. Sam says, found a bunch of hex junk in their stuff, clearly her thing. And the empty closet didn't seem like she was coming back anytime soon. Sam notices more dead plants by the front door of the house. Dean says, so Don admires Wendy, biblically, biblically, I can't say it. <laughs> Wendy dies weird, and the scorned wife is into the dark stuff. Sam says, well, Don's just in the dark. Dean says, hmm, it's kind of like Bewitched. You know, Don's Darren doesn't even know it. A lot of laughs until uh, you cheat on your wife. Sam says, a Bewitched re- reference? Really? <laughs> Dean says, dude, Nicole Kidman was in the remake. Redhead, Hello. He's like, hey, um, <laughs> Nicole, we need Kidman. to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. Sam says, look at all these dead plants. Dean says, huh, it's kind of like the real estate lady's place and Don's statue thing. Sam says, you know, if she's strong enough, just being pissed off is enough to send some pretty bad vibes their way. Dean says, literally kill off everything around her just by PMSing at it. Ugh, that's not creepy at all. Dean calls Bobby and says, Bobby, hey, it's Dean. Listen, Winchester. Yeah, very funny. So we need our kind of Terminix, a witch. Yeah, we're headed over to her place to get you some more specifics. So you could just, uh, yeah, think, okay. And Dean hangs up. Dean says he's on it. So they get in the Impala and drive away. We cut to Maggie's new home. The boys have parked their car on the street, not in the driveway. Uh, Dean lockpicks his way into the house, which is full of moving boxes. Uh, full of moving boxes. It sounded like I meant the boxes were moving, but no. <laughs> it's all good. Um, he searches around. In a bedroom closet, he finds an altar with witchcraft items and pictures of Carl Dunlop, uh, Dewey Stevens, and Wendy Goodson that have blood on them. An unbloodied picture of Jenny is displayed along with her library card. Dean takes them both. Dean says, Don, keep it in your pants, man. <laughs> So we cut to Sam, who sees Maggie, Don's wife, pulling into the driveway. Sam tries to call Dean, but gets a recorded message saying, all circuits are busy. Sam runs, Sam, Sam. (laughs) 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 Sam runs up the driveway and shows Maggie his badge. He says, Mrs. Stark, can I have a moment? 
Maggie says, of course. Um, would you mind coming back and say half an hour? It's just a really bad time right now. Sam, Sam says, it's very important that I talk to you. Maggie says, of course, and I'm happy to. I'm just in the middle of an emergency, so please come back. Thank you. Sam pushes hard on Maggie's car and sets off the alarm. <laughs> Maggie looks at Sam. <laughs> like, really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Is this what we've come to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In the house, Dean hears the alarm and closes the closet door. Maggie uses her remote to turn off the alarm. Dean appears in the window. Sam says, I'm sorry, uh, restless leg syndrome. <laughs> Maggie goes inside the house. Dean hides behind a wall near the front door. When she goes into another room, Dean books it outside and meets Sam by the front gates. Dean says, spoiler alert, and hands Sam the picture of Jenny and, uh, and her library card. Dean says, Jenny Klein's next. Swiped her photo off a hex deck, but Maggie's going to notice it's gone eventually. We got to go over to Jenny's. Sam and Dean get into baby and drive away. So we cut to Maggie uh, inside her bedroom. She opens her closet and sees the picture of Je the pictures of Jenny are missing. We cut to Jenny's apartment. She's making cupcakes. Uh, we cut back to Maggie. She finds another picture of Jenny in a box. Uh, does that say box? I don't know. We'll never know. <laughs> she finds another picture of Jenny. <laughs> There's a picture of Jenny somewhere available. <laughs> yes. She pricks her finger and draws a symbol on the photograph with her blood. Uh, we cut back to Jenny. She picks up one of the cupcakes. We cut back to Maggie. She starts chanting. Cut back to Jenny. She takes a bite of the frosted cupcake. There's blood on her lips from the cupcake she's holding. A bleeding heart is beating inside the cupcake. Jenny wow. chokes and yeah, that was so creepy. That's disgusting. I kind of loved it. It was a good effect. Mm -hmm. Jenny I mean, yeah, but still. <laughs> yeah. Jenny chokes and drops the cupcake. The heart inside the cupcake keeps beating. Jenny spits blood into the sink. There's a knocking on the door. Dean breaks through the door and him and Sam enter. Jenny is choking. Dean says, find the coin now. Dean helps Jenny sit on the floor while Sam searches for the coin. Dean says, come on, Sam. Sam finds the coin on top of the cupboards. He puts it on the counter and shoots it with his gun while Dean shields Jenny. We cut to some time later. Jenny is sitting on the couch. Sam and Dean are watching her from the kitchen. Jenny says, there were tiny beating hearts in my cupcakes. There were hearts in my cupcakes. Hearts in my cupcakes. That's never happened before. Hearts in my cupcakes. <laughs> what did I do? <laughs> Dean says, should I slug her? <laughs> Sam says, give it a second. Jenny says, oh my God, what just happened? Sam says, you are hexed. Jenny says, hexed? Who are you people? What the hell do I do? Dean says, what you do is you go in there and you pack a bag, you get in your car and you go. Jenny says, go where? Sam says, it doesn't matter. Look, 500 or 600 miles ought to do it. You got someone real powerful, real pissed, and they're trying to get rid of you now. In line with that, you might want to cool things with Don Stark. Jenny says, Don Stark, what are you talking about? Dean says, you and Don, you know. Jenny says, you know? There's no, you know. Sam says, no. Jenny says, Don Stark is my boss. That's it. He's married for God's sakes. Dean says, yeah, well, Jenny says, me and Don Stark. Ew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we cut to the town building hosting the art auction. Maggie says, what are you doing? Bunch these tables more in the middle. Give me more air between paintings. A woman says, hey, Maggie, can you sign for the flowers? I've checked them. They're fine. Maggie says, thank you, Sue. What would I do without you? Sue, please. Sue says, oh, please. I like helping. What are best friends for? Maggie says, it's just been so tough to focus with Don, the whole mess. Sue says, it's like he put a knife right into your heart, isn't it? Maggie says, yes. Sue says, was I wrong to tell you about him and Wendy? 
Maggie says, no, no, you think I'd want you to stand by and watch him make a fool of me? I love you for what you did. Sue says, I love you too. Maggie says to a worker, no, 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 the still life doesn't go there. It goes on the left side. And Maggie walks away. Sue says to a man, so we're going to need uh, one centerpiece on each of the tables and two in the back. And that's when Don enters the building. Sue says, Don. Don says, where's my wife? Sue says, you mean the one who's divorcing you? Don says, Sue, I know you can hardly wait until I'm out of the picture. And I know it's been a thrill whispering lies into Maggie's ear. Sue says, oh, but they weren't lies, were they, Don? Don says, I made one mistake, one. Sue says, I sincerely doubt that. Don says, this is between Maggie and me. It has nothing to do with you. Maggie has been listening to the conversation. She says, what do you want, Don? Don says, I'd like to speak with you. Uh, Maggie nods to Sue, who walks away. Maggie says, make it quick. Don says, okay, you know what, Maggie? I think I've been patient and you've had your fun. It was very creative, that thing with Wendy. But you know, enough is enough. Maggie says, no, Don, enough is not enough. Not even close. Don says, what do you want? My oysters on a tray? Maggie says, <laughs> She's well, like, now that, that would you be a good start. <laughs> she says, well, now that you mention it. Don says, the fact is, none of it was my fault. Maybe if you've been around a little more. But between the art and the charity and that evil bitch, Sue, I was edged right out of your life. Maggie says, oh, boo-hoo, Mr. Big Shot. Mr. I got to put my name on every public works in town. There was three of us in this marriage. Me, you, and your ego. That was the problem, Don. So excuse me, I have a charity event to arrange. Don says, two FBI agents came by asking questions. Maggie says, hunters, sweetheart. That's what they are. Oh, I can see you're terribly concerned for my safety. But don't worry, I'll take care of it. Don says, Maggie, this stops, you hear me? As of now. And Don leaves. Maggie says, you're so cute when you try to tell me what to do. <laughs> Don leaves the building and looks at the dead plants around the base of his bust. As he watches and the Impala pulls up, the bust starts to shake and the head cracks in two. Then the face falls to the ground. Maggie watches from the window. Don gets into his car. Dean says, now she's just getting nasty. Killing the girlfriend is one thing, but his commemorative bust, that's got to hurt. <laughs> Sam says, she'll take the whole town out, Dean. She don't care who gets in the way. Dean's phone rings. Dean says, hey, Bobby, what do you got? Yeah, you think it'll take her out? All right. No, I don't need to write it down. I'll remember. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. The, wait, hang on, hang on. Dean makes a writing motion to Sam. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, wait, wait, hold on. Sam hands Dean a menu and a pen. Dean says, okay, what was the, uh, what was the last one? Right, uh-huh, I'll remember, it's fine. So we cut to the town building. Maggie is at the podium. She says, hello, everyone, and thanks for coming. Most of you know that philanthropy, I can't say this word right now. I know it. Philanthropy. Oh, I did it. That was good. Hey. You did it. I know. I was looking at it. I'm like, there's no way I'm not going to stumble. Well, I say that word. Okay. I'm not going to try to say it twice, though. <laughs> she says, and art are my two passions. But what we've not there. Where's the ice? People will be here in seconds. What we've assembled here tonight may be my crowning achievement, not to be immodest. Sue claps and says, see, I told you, everything's perfect. Maggie says, yeah, you just reminded me. I have to check on the finger sandwiches. So we cut to the boys' motel room. Dean's about to eat some pie. Dean says, dude, pie. Sam sits down a plastic bag filled with chicken feet right next to the pie. Dean says, ugh, is that... Sam says, chicken feet, just like the recipe calls for. Butcher fridge is down. Dean like, says, surprise, oh. here you go. <laughs> yeah, try and eat your pie now, bitch. <laughs> Dean says, I can smell that. 
Sam says, uh, he says the power's been wonky and that he's lost so much product, he probably won't make rent. Ditto every shop on the block, nothing but burst pipes and blackouts. Dean says, huh? Sam says, he says it's like all of a sudden the, tan the town ran out of luck. Blah, blah, blah. Dean says, so coincidence, right? Dean picks up the bag of chicken feet and walks over to Sam. Sam says, uh, yeah, we're past the point of dead flowers. Dean says, what can I say? I guess the witch is pissed. All right, let's, uh, we better get a move on here. Why don't you just, Dean holds out the bag and says, can you take the feet? Sam holds out the bowl and Dean drops it in the bag. Sam holds out a bowl and Dean drops it in. Oh, God. Drops the bag in. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying to convey. <laughs> okay. So we cut to outside the town building. Don pulls up in his car. Um, inside the building, Maggie walks up to Sue holding drinks and gives her one. Maggie says, to us, I couldn't have done it without you. They clink glasses. Sue says, to us. Sue takes a skewer, the skewer out of her drink. On it is an olive and one eyeball. That's disgusting, by the way. I know it's still got like its little like stem on it. <laughs> Stammy. <laughs> You know, the eye stem, what's that called? Like the nerves and stuff? Yeah, the nerve bundle. That, yeah, I should I know, know, but I don't want to think about it too hard. <laughs> okay. She screams and drops her glass. We cut to Don sitting in his car smiling. Inside the town building, Sue says, that's disgusting. Maggie looks around and says, no. The paint on all the paintings hung around the room start to run. Maggie says, no, not my paintings. Sue says, Maggie, what's going on? Maggie says, he did this. How could he? He knew what this meant to me. Sue says, do you mean Don? Don rigged all this? Maggie says, yes. Sue says, but how? She's like, duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maggie says, just trust me. He wants to hurt me. Sue says, I told you, he's a dick, but we'll get through this because you have people who love you and he can't take that away from you. A silver platter raises from a table, flies through the air and decapitates Sue. Yuck. outside the building Don that, smiles was a, again. that was kind of like a, a gross one yeah. i don't know like the, <laughs> the decapitations don't usually like i'm just kind of like oh okay somebody lost their head again but that one's kind of like ooh. yeah yeah, yeah i was <laughs> um outside the building don smiles and drives away inside the building maggie says fine donald it's war so we cut to some time later sam and dean roll up and baby and see a bunch of police activity Dean says, what the hell? Sam and Dean show their badges to a cop at the door and they go inside to see Sue's covered body. Dean says, whoa, clean up on aisle seven. Sam says, okay, I don't guess uh, she did. Seems un-Sam like to say, but he says, okay, I don't guess she'd have to do this at her own auction. Dean says, no, obviously it was someone who hated her guts and wanted her party trashed. Sam says, Don Stark. Sam and Dean uh, exit the building sometime later. Dean says, so the mister is a witch himself. That means we got not just one pissed off witch, we've got two. It's full on War of the Roses. Sam says, bewitched just got a lot less funny. Dean says, it's like when they switch Darren's. Sam and Dean get into the Impala and drive away. Chet watches them from his parked vehicle. So we cut to outside the Stark house. Sam and Dean are waiting in the Impala. Sam says, where is she? Dean says, she'll be here. They've been throwing thunderbolts at each other's favorite toys. There's nothing <laughs> left to destroy but each other. This is basically ground zero. Sam says, I hope so. We're going to need them both in the same place if we're going to take them down. Maggie's vehicle approaches. Dean says, screens up, Captain. Sam and Dean lean down and hide in their seats. Maggie goes into the house. Don is drinking in a chair. Don says, want one, sweetie? 
Maggie says, shove it. We are still having it out right now. <laughs> like, I am going to end you. This is yep. what's going to happen. <laughs> Sam and Dean enter the house. Dean is carrying a spell bowl. Dean chants, and Sam sets the bowl of contents on fire. Nothing happens to Maggie or Don. Maggie says, let me guess. Chicken's feet? Not chilled? Don says, for obvious reasons, you won't be leaving this room. Don stands up next to Maggie and says, well, you will be leaving, just not alive. Maggie? So Don and Maggie raise their arms and start chanting in unison. Sam says, okay, plan B. Dean says, what's plan B? Sam says, talking. Dean <laughs> says, now? Really? Sam says, this is obviously a domestic dispute. So if you can't kill them, counsel them. Dean says, yeah, you know what? Not my area. Don and Maggie are still chanting. Dean says, okay, okay. Uh, Dean puts the bowl down and says, look, obviously you two are capable of wiping each other out, right? But you haven't, huh? which means that you two, you still value whatever it is you got and you wanna keep that dance going. Maybe it's, maybe it's punishment. Maybe it's sick, messed up, erotic, kinky, clamps and feathers kind of love. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Sam says, okay, okay. That's going way too deep there, cowboy. <laughs> Look, what he's trying to say is that you two, whatever it is you have, you're bonded. Maggie says, are you out of your mind? He cheated on me, humiliated me. Sam says, we're not trying to say what Don did was right. When a relationship cracks, usually both parties have a hand in it. Don says, indeed. Maggie says, you're defending him? Maggie reaches out an arm towards Sam, who falls to the ground in pain. Dean says, whoa, okay, okay, look, nobody can defend Don, right? Uh, totally, but we get that you feel betrayed because you were. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I know. Don says, don't suck up to her. And Don flings out an arm and sends Dean flying backwards into a glass door. <laughs> Maggie says, I was betrayed by all of them. Carl introduced you to Wendy. Dewey covered for you. Wendy did you. Sam says, okay, look. Sam gets to his feet. Sam says, I got to say, I don't think Don was lying when he says he regrets the whole Wendy thing. Maggie says, thing? Sit down. Maggie makes a hand motion and Sam hits the ground again. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, affair. That's right. Terrible. Sam rolls around on the floor in pain. Maggie says, I think the only thing he regrets is getting caught. Don says, Wendy was nothing to me. It was over as soon as it started. Maggie says, she was part of a pattern, okay? I've had 800 years of this. Do not make me bring up the Renaissance. <laughs> Don says, oh, you're one to talk. 1492, ring any bells? Maggie says, the man was about to set sail. He could possibly fall off the edge of the earth. I took pity. So what's your excuse? Don says, I told you, nothing happened with the Medici chick. You've always been insanely jealous. Maggie <laughs> says, oh, I wonder why. Jenny, Wendy. Don says, Jenny, nothing happened with Jenny. She's just my assistant. Dean gets to his feet and says, that's true. She, uh, she told us, just an assistant. Maggie motions an arm towards Dean and he falls backwards again. Maggie says, is that true? Don says, yes, I swear it, babe. I would never. I made a mistake. I'm sorry, Maggie. Sam gets to his feet again. Sam says, see, see guys, you're talking. Dean gets like, up again. Like, we like each other. Please stop torturing me. <laughs> yeah. Dean gets up again and stands in a doorway. Sam says, all these years, you, you buried your anger and your disappointment till it tore you apart. All you needed to do was talk. Dean says, and I would have missed the nuking that my melon just took. Well, who wants that? Maggie holds out an arm and slams Dean into the side of the doorway again. Don raises an arm and Dean's head is surrounded by bees. Yay. I know. That's exactly what you want in that moment. I know, right? Yep. Maggie says, nice touch. 
Don says, thank you. Dean inhales and spits out a B. Maggie laughs. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no. Don yeah. says, he's right. I couldn't kill you. All I ever wanted is you, Mags. I've been crushing on you since forever. You're the woman that I would want to never grow old with. Maggie says, I can never murder you either, Don. It's crazy, but true. Maggie smiles and they smooch. Dean says, somebody want to call these things off? Excuse me. So we cut to the boys' motel room. The boys go inside. Dean drinks from his flask and Sam raises his eyebrows. Dean says, oh, give me a break. Sam says, I didn't say anything. Dean says, it's been a long day. Suddenly, Chet is in the room with them. Chet says, it's not over yet. Sam and Dean spin around and Dean pulls out his gun. Chet says, hi, Sam. Hi, Dean. Sam says, do we know you? Chet says, well, I definitely know you. You're the dead guys. Well, you will be in a minute. Dean shoots Chet. Black liquid pours from Chet's chest and the bullet pops out. Chet says, sorry, you're a bit outmatched. Chet punches Dean who falls to the floor and grabs Sam by the throat. Chet then collapses on the floor, electrocuted. Don stands in the doorway. Sam and Dean get up. Dean says, Don, well, thank you, we owe you. Don says, good God, what is that thing? Sam says, I guess we should be figuring that out. Dean says, it's on our to-do list. Don says, you know, find a bottomless pit and drop it in. Spell only lasts for a few days. Don goes to a bed and feels around under a mattress. Sam says, uh, what are you even doing here? Don says, apparently saving your lives, twice. Don finds a coin and says, got it. Sam says, Maggie, seriously? Don feels around under the other mattress. Dean says, she was gonna kill us? We just saved your damn marriage. <laughs> Don holds up another coin and says, yeah, but to be fair, you also tried to kill her. You know how she is when she gets a bug up her ass. Gotta <laughs> love her, right? Right. Bottomless pit, ciao. And Don leaves. So we cut to the motel parking lot. Chet is chained in the back seat. Dean's on the phone. He says, yeah, he's ready for transport. I just hope you got someplace you can put him, Bobby. All right. Dean hangs up the phone and says, we should hit the road. Are you ready? Dean goes to get in the car, but Sam just stands there and says, hey, were you, um, were you listening to the Starks tonight? Dean says, uh, a little, when I wasn't getting slammed into a wall or stung by bees. Sam says, you notice how they, uh, you know, how they opened up and got everything off their chest? Dean says, yeah, kudos on selling them that crap. Sam says, it wasn't crap, Dean, it worked. Dean says, Sam, I am so very, very tired. Sam says, Dean, like it or not, the stuff you don't talk about doesn't just go away. It builds up like whatever's eating at you right now. Dean says, there's always something eating at me. That's who I am. Something happens, I feel responsible, all right? The Lindbergh baby, that's on me. Unemployment, my bad. Sam says, that's not what I'm talking about. Dean says, well, then what the hell are you talking about? Sam says, I'm talking about whatever you're not telling me about. Look, Dean, it's fine. You can unload. That's kind of what I'm here for. Dean just looks at Sam. Sam says, I mean, we're good, right? Sam says, we're good. Dean gets in baby. Sam looks frustrated, and then he gets in, and they drive away. Ed credits. Okay, so my first thought. <laughs> Why do people always like, oh, holler if you need anything and then continue to like leave the premises so they have no, like, even if you were to holler, they would have no idea. Like that yeah. happens to me literally all the time. They're like, oh, just yell if you need something. And then they're like gone. And there's been a few times where you try and like, hey, can you like, can I have this or can you do this or whatever? And they're like, not even in the vicinity. Yeah. It's like, why is that a thing? <laughs> I have no idea. Why and I'm just going to say that if there was somebody in the vicinity, that first girl wouldn't have been fried. 
She would have been fried because she was being hexed magically. Yes, but okay, so here's what brings me to my second thought. This is a good time. Okay. Freaking just slide down the seat, you weirdo. She tried to, but a magical force kept her bin. I mean... She tried to. It showed her trying to slide out. Like twice. Seem like it to me. It seemed like she was just trying to like wiggle and like get the like push the thing off of her head. No, it showed her like try and hunch down, and then it showed her feet scoot back up. Oh, okay. I don't remember that, but it showed it twice. Yeah. Okay. Well, tells you how much I was apparently paying attention. No, that's okay. That's all right. (laughs) But yeah, either way, why would you tell somebody like, oh yeah, just yell if you need anything, and then proceed to go completely out of earshot to where yeah nobody can hear you like are you yeah i don't know whatever that just that's the whole thing that kind of bothers me about it's just kind of like a pet peeve in general they they happened to bring up and i was like i need to talk about this i need to talk about it right now um also the hairdresser kind of totally looks like keith urban from behind and like when you see him from the front not so much but like the hair yeah. and everything. I was like, ha 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 ha. Yeah. Hey, look. <laughs> look who it is. He did a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, also I learned that Dean apparently really likes redheads. I mean, I would say that he would take whatever he can get. But <laughs> yeah. Have we ever seen him hook up with a redhead? I don't. Well, Anna. Oh, you're right. Huh. <laughs> Steve's like, yeah. <laughs> I heard him. That's so funny. He's got to put his two cents. You have some thoughts? You do? Tell me about them. No. (laughs) (laughs) You have thoughts? (laughs) What do you want to? (laughs) He's like, I just needed to be heard. That's fine. (laughs) I get it. Uh, Anyways. Um, so another one of my thoughts, um, Sue, who is Maggie's friend from the whole, like, is totally in love with Maggie, right? Well, okay. Like, I wasn't sure if she, to me, because we know Maggie's a witch, right? Like, was Sue, like, somehow, like, hexed into being, like, her loyal servant? (laughs) Oh, I didn't think about that. That could totally be. Like, because she was, like, oddly enamored with her. I mean, which... I don't know. Like, I've got a lot of, like what I would call really, really close friends, but I don't know if I would act like that with any of them. (laughs) (laughs) What are you trying to say, Rochelle? No, I'm just joking. Like, I don't know Um, if I'd be following somebody around and be like, oh my gosh, you know, like all the time. Like, I just... She was acting like she was in love with her or under a magical spell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I wasn't totally sure if it was like she was just super, super loyal to the point of like, okay, man, like maybe breathe a little bit. Or, like, she was under some sort of hex or something. Like, I kind of feel like Maggie and her ego, Sue might have been, like, hexed to be, like, her loyal companion sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I could see that. I could totally see that. But clearly, I mean, Sue knows nothing about what's going on or who she is because she's just like, I don't get how he could, like, somehow rig up the paintings to melt, you know? like Exactly. Like, she doesn't understand it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she can't be (laughs) under the influence. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think she is under the influence now that you bring it up. That makes the most sense. Like, to me, that's what makes the most sense. Yeah. For sure. But it was just, the whole thing was kind of weird. I was like, I don't really know what to think about this. Because they don't say, but I don't know if they're, like, necessarily trying to imply it either. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. The whole thing I just was just ass- strange. I just assumed she was in love with her. Yeah, it's either it's either she's in love with her or she's hexed. Maybe it's both. It could be both. I don't know. Maybe she hexed her because she's in love with her and she's like, I know that this one's never leaving, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. I don't know. Like, <laughs> and, and of course, when Sue gets like <laughs> beheaded, Maggie does not seem like she's, it, she sounds like more of she's lost an asset than anything else. Yeah. Like that's annoying. That he up. got rid of my pet, you know? Yeah. Rather right. than like, oh, my friend is gone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I, I'm going to go with the she's hexed theory because that's what makes the most sense to me. I'm going to go with she's hexed and in love with her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, also, can you imagine being married for 800 years? Oh my God. I cannot. Like, not that I can't imagine, like, being in love with somebody for that long, but, like, imagine the life changes that you would go through with somebody when you've been with them for 800 years. I can't imagine it, dude. Oh, my gosh. Steve's like, ah! (laughs) Steve's like, I can imagine it. I can. (laughs) He, well, no, currently he wants outside, and he is very, very mad that I won't let him so he's out at the back door scratching and scratching and scratching and even though he's not an outdoor kitty he's not he likes to think that he is but he's not he's been outside like three times four times yeah but it's cute anyways so now he's back there scratching away on the slider and (laughs) howling Mm. at me because of the injustices of the world so Uh we can just ignore the you know caterwauling in the background yeah that's fine um Anyways, so also, like, Dean is not afraid of a whole heck of a lot, but turns out he's afraid of bees. And I mean, I would be too after the whole bugs episode. Oh my God, I know. And didn't they, like, didn't the actors actually get stung in real life? Like, yeah, I think filming so. Didn't episode? they, like, release a bunch of bees and they're like, oh, they shouldn't bother you or whatever. And then they ended up getting stung a bunch of times. Yeah, they did. And then the bees didn't even show up on film or something. So they had to, like, CGI it. Yeah, they had to CGI all the bugs anyways because they yeah. didn't show up. Yeah, that would be super annoying. I would be terrified if bees were flying around my face and in my freaking mouth. Like, no, thank you. Like, and you can't tell me that, like, not even one person on the set is like allergic to bees. Like that exactly. seems like a safety hazard, you know, like a yeah. big one. Like yeah. what if somebody doesn't know they're allergic to bees because they've never been stung before and they get stung and they die on set because. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I've never been stung by a bee. It yeah. doesn't feel good. Yeah. I've been stung multiple times. I think I'm mildly allergic to them because when I get stung, I like hive up. Yeah. But not like all over just in the spot that I got stung it like well and to be fair one of the last times I got stung there was a bee that was or some sort of hornet or something that can sting you multiple times that was stuck to the back of my pants when we were camping (laughs) 
And it kept stinging me in the same spot because every time I'd move my pants, it would like get me right in the back of the leg. And it got me like eight times. And so I had this like nice venom trail that was like working its way up my leg. And I'm like, this is how I die. You know? Oh my God. That would <laughs> oh, scare no. me so badly. Yeah. But yeah. So that was, that was that. Oh my gosh. Steve is driving me insane. <laughs> He's oh, I'm so sorry for the folks back home <laughs> about the you know, incessant yelling back there. Mm. <laughs> now he's come over and he's like, let me tell you about a few things. <laughs> Don't tell me that cat doesn't know English. I think he does. He totally does. <laughs> now he's going to stop because he's been caught. I know. Are you going to stop talking because we know you speak our language and you're, you've been, you know, exposed I'll take that silence as a yes. <laughs> uh-huh. We're on we are on to you. We know. He won't even look at me now. He won't make eye contact. He's like, I'm just going to lay here on the floor like nothing happened. And that wasn't, nothing was happening. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. You creep. You're probably some sort of one of those skinwalker things, aren't you? Yep. Please don't totally answer is. that. I might pee myself. <laughs> Be he just looks at you and says, yes. <laughs> <You're> like, ah! <laughs> I would pass out. That's what I would do. <laughs> I'd just pass out or like run outside and hang out with a dog. <laughs> be like, you can do something about this. Yes. <laughs> and then the dog goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Anyways, ugh, Steve's staring at me like I've done something horrendous and like I've offended his ancestors or something. Mm-hmm. I probably have, huh? Anyways, um, <laughs> so what was your favorite moment from this episode? Oh, cock. I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> um, I go, okay, probably the tiny beating hearts and the cupcakes was my favorite moment. And mm-hmm. how Jenny was like, there are beating hearts in my cupcakes that's never happened before (laughs) how did I make this happen I love how she assumes that it's her fault that it happened (laughs) exactly I thought that was so funny this has never happened to me before they've never turned out this way (laughs) I've done something horribly wrong (laughs) yeah what was your favorite moment so my favorite moment was when Maggie and Dawn were like arguing and it's like, oh, you want to know like why I'm mad at you? And then she's like, don't make me bring up the Renaissance. And he's like talking about how she like banged Columbus. And then she's like, well, what about the, you know, Medici, you know, like and she's yeah. going through all these like you know, historical figures and like, well, you screwed this one. Well, you screwed this one. Well, you screwed this one. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That was but. pretty good. I didn't catch that she was talking about Columbus. Yeah. He's like, don't make me bring up 1492. And she's like, oh. he was about to sail off the edge of the world. <laughs> I get it now. <laughs> In I totally 1992, just, Columbus yeah. sailed the ocean blue. <laughs> I just didn't make the connection before. That's so yep. funny. The only reason I got it was because of the 1492 thing. Yeah. That was it. Like, I wouldn't have gotten it if they wouldn't have said that. But because there is plenty of others, like, explorers that right. I'm sure thought that they were going to sail off the edge of the world, too. So mm-hmm. there's so that. Big, yeah. Okay. 
but yeah, no, definitely Columbus, but the Medici girl, like the only one that I know of. So this is based off of rain, right? So, Mm -hmm. and I want to say that obviously not all the things that happen in there are accurate because it's a CW show, but (laughs) like Catherine Medici Mm -hmm. was a person. And I wonder if that's who they were talking about. Oh, I don't know. I think. No idea. She was Hmm. Italian, I want to say. Because there was the Medici family, which was Italian. Right. I think. I was going to say, weren't they all Italian? (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm thinking of the same. I don't even know. But anyways, so I thought that all the historical references and, you know, yeah 800 years it was kind of funny but yeah although would that have been an eight within the well okay so here's the thing they only say that they've been married for 800 years they don't say that how long they've actually been alive yeah or how long they dated beforehand so i mean they could have dated for 300 years who knows right oh geez yeah okay after 300 years of dating (laughs) (laughs) you should probably get married (laughs) shit or get off the pot man (laughs) that's how you give yourself hemorrhoids (laughs) 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 if you're trying that hard for that long something is bound to happen and not what you wanted necessarily no so that was yeah that was my favorite moment (laughs) I had a friend once who named his hemorrhoids oh that's awful I can't remember the name though it's really gonna bother me maybe I'll maybe I'll text him I would talk I to this guy in years. <laughs> I would talk to this guy in years. So I'm going to be like, what did you name your hemorrhoids again? He's going to be like, um, it's weird that you ask, but I guess here's the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, it was my, uh, my cousin's ex-boyfriend. So oh, yeah, he expects weird shit like that from me. Well, there you go. So. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> You should do it. And like, I need to know what the result of this is for sure. Yeah, I will. Okay. So our interesting facts, um, it says charisma carpenter and James Marsters, or is it masters? I think it's Marsters. Marsters. Okay. I, I should totally it, know this. It says it twice sure. in there. It says, um, they're known for their roles in two other supernaturally themed shows, Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1997 and Angel from 1999. Yep. Um, shows. So I, I, I need to watch both of them at some point, but mm-hmm. let's be real. The list of <laughs> shows that I have to watch at this point <laughs> yeah. is getting very, very long. I don't know if I'm going to get through half but it's fine. We'll, we'll try. Um, it says Sam uses the name agent Sambora when talking to Wendy's sister. Um, Richie Sambora is the guitarist for Bon Jovi. Mm-hmm. Um, it says there is a prosperity, Indiana. It's an unincorporated rural community with a hundred, maybe 200 people, a gas station and 10 stop signs. <laughs> the oh residential section is two blocks wide. <laughs> wow. There's probably like well, so a block has what I would say like four or five houses mm-hmm. on either side. So I would guess there's maybe like 20 houses. Jeez. Well, they didn't they say there was the population of like a hundred people. Isn't that what it just said? 100, maybe 200 people. Oh, okay. 
So 20 houses, assuming that you have, like, I'm just going to go stereotypical here. Say there's like a couple in each house that would be, so 20 times two would be 40. If they each have a couple of kids, maybe 80, but depend if it's a rural community, I would guess that it's probably like not just your stereotypical houses. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, well. I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to stop thinking about that because it's going to make my brain smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it says the character Jenny Klein is named after a writer for Supernatural, also called Jenny Klein. Um, They both happen to have long blonde hair. Hmm. Um, it says the name of the portable toilet company is BM Disposals. <laughs> I noticed that. I meant to write a note about that, but I forgot to. It says toilet humor at its best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it says Don Stark is the name of an actor who previously was in an episode of Supernatural um, called Hollywood Babylon from 2007. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Steve. <laughs> Um, it says you can tell the episode was filmed in Canada as when Chet is holding the grocery bag, there's a yellow bag of basil leaves. Um, the yellow is a trademark of the, of the popular Canadian store Loblaws, no frills slash no name brand. Okay. Hmm. Um, it says both Jensen Ackles and James Marsters played the antagonist in the series Smallville from 2001. Um, Jensen as Jason Teague and James as Milton Fine slash Brainiac. It says throughout the episode, Sam and Dean make references to Bewitched from 1964. Um, When they discover that Don Stark is also a witch, they say that it uh, is like someone switched Darren's. Um, This is a reference to the casting of Darren on Bewitched, switching from Dick York to Dick Sargent. Okay. Um, It says, when Sam and Dean realize that Dawn Stark is a witch too, Dean says it's a full-on War of the Roses. Um, He's referring to the movie The War of the Roses from 1989, where a married couple, Michael Douglas and Kathleen Turner, stars a couple that is involved in a vicious divorce battle. Oh my gosh, I'm going to go insane. This cat won't shut up. I can hear him. Eve. No. No. He talks back a lot. Um, um, let's see. It says, when Don and Maggie start to cast a spell to kill the Winchesters, um, Don goes into a stance from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh, my God. <goodness. laughs> I'm going insane. <laughs> it says, Jane Marsters played Lord Piccolo in Dragon Ball Evolution from 2009. Oh, okay. Enough of you. Please. Please stop. Uh, anyways <laughs> so that, uh, that's our interesting facts so our research oh my gosh come here I'm going to put him in my lap and hopefully that will quiet him come here you Ugh. hi Steve stinker <laughs> I'm trying to scoop my chair in. <laughs> okay so hopefully this will keep him quiet for a little bit Probably not, but we'll try. Um, So our research from this episode is um, off of Ranker because we love them. And it's called 10 Scary Facts About the Bell Witch Legend. Ooh. Um, Which I feel like I've heard of the name, Mm -hmm. but 
I haven't, like, I, I knew nothing about it until now, so this is kind of interesting. Um, it says, the legend of the Bell Witch is an enduring piece of Southern folklore, um, a tale of a sinister wraith who tormented a family of 11 in the woods of Northern Tennessee some 200 years ago. The witch, a pox on the Bell family from which she got her name, may still lurk around the small town of Adams, Tennessee, depending on who you ask. Whether she still haunts the small Tennessee town or not, her legacy is a rich one. From, blah, from spooking future presidents to inspiring Mason, Mason? major motion pictures. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. <laughs> the Bell Witch has a very spooky and influential history, an iconic figure of the American paranormal. Um, so it says a half dog, half rabbit stalked the Bell family. It says in 1804, John Bell and his wife settled on 300 acres of land in northern Tennessee in an area that would eventually become the town of Adams. For 13 years, the Bell family worked and lived on the land without disturbance, but by 1817, things began to take a sinister turn. It started with sounds, doors pounding, slaps on the walls, the rattling of unseen chains. Nope. Soon, a critter showed up that try as he might, John Bell could not catch. But what he saw in glimpses was foreign and strange, a half dog, half rabbit that didn't belong uh, to this world. Was this the Bell Witch? It says the Bell's neighbors also reported strange sounds and inju injuries. I almost said industries. Um, <laughs> as the haunting sounds continued to envelop the Bell house at night, John and his wife Betsy began to wake up scraped with bruises and scratches on their faces and torsos. Seeking validation for what they were experiencing, they invited their neighbors, the Johnsons, over to spend the night and feel what they felt. James Johnson and his wife not only heard the sounds, they heard words, they heard hymns. They even heard a voice clear in the Tennessee air announce itself. They heard the word witch. Um, it says Betsy Bell was uh, harassed by the witch. It says, though John Bell may have received the brunt of the Bell Witch's torment, the young Elizabeth Betsy Bell received her fair share of the cruelty as well. Betsy was subject, or subjected to extreme physical abuse at the hands of the Bell Witch. Her hair was pulled, ripped and torn from its roots. She was slapped and pinched at such a frequency that her face and arms bore constant swelling and welts. Oh my God. Ugh. Um, it says, Betsy never got an explanation for why she was targeted by the Bell Witch, though the, the ghost continued to meddle um, in her life throughout adulthood. She passed away in 1888 at the age of 82 years old, and it said she'd never discuss the Bell Witch outside of the family, nor would she ever dare to sleep alone. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> I wouldn't either. And like, you're inviting your friends over to spend the night to see if something sketchy happens to them. What were their friends thinking? <laughs> yeah. Also, she lived there till she was 82. Is that what? Is that what it said? Um, because I would move the fuck out, yo. Like I would too, but it doesn't say if she lived there still. Okay. I would assume that if she was still having issues when she was eighty-two years old, that she was still probably living there. But when your family has three hundred acres, you can build yeah. houses along it and do you know whatever you want. So who knows? They might have all like lived on the same property that's true just in different houses and you could still be spaced out pretty well mm -hmm. um it says president andrew jackson was subjected to the witch's torment um it says andrew jackson a champion of the battle of new orleans um a hero of the war of 1812 and the seventh president of the united states did not escape the south without first meeting the bell witch um he'd heard as many had the stories of the bell witch and filled with intrigue and curiosity he led his men to the bell family property but as the group got close, a strange thing happened to their wagon. It stopped. 
It wasn't stuck, a wheel hadn't come dislodged, it was just frozen, halted at the hands of some unseen force. Jackson deduced that they had encountered the bell witch and announced as such to his men. A voice without a body responded, all right, general, let the wagon move on. I will see you tonight. The wagon began to move on its own. Thinking better of it, Jackson and his men moved on to Nashville. <laughs> <laughs> like the one with the most common sense here. Yeah. <laughs> leave yeah. yeah i'd be like that's enough evidence i know right i'm good yep. i don't need to spend the night here nope, nope. <laughs> um it says the witch haunted multiple places at the same time it says as the bell witch haunted the family that chose um that cursed patch of tennessee land she grew stronger and stronger no longer placated by doling out scratches and verbal abuse at nightfall the bell witch came became emboldened to affect more lives um, some accounts say the bell witch began to draw large crowds where she spoke fluently of the Bible. Remarkable as that may be, her omnipresence was more astounding. She was said to be able to haunt two places at once, sometimes miles apart. Hmm. It says, could a woman named Kate be the bell witch? Um, according to some, the earthly identity of the bell witch and the reason for her hauntings are actually quite easy to piece get together. <clears throat> it said that she's the ghost of Kate Batts, um, a former neighbor of John Bell and his brood who felt cheated by his land purchase. Um, it's rumored that on her deathbed, Batts vowed to haunt the Bell family from beyond the grave. In 1821, after John Bell passed away, the haunting did calm down, suggesting that Batts had perhaps thought her work to be done. Hmm. <laughs> it says she tried to sabotage sabotage a marriage um though the young betsy bell had been a target for the bell witch in her youth it was when she was older and became betrothed that she experienced the ghost's real wrath betsy was to wed joshua gardner a young man from uh, neighboring robertson county but the bell witch had a strong and violent aversion to the idea and at one point vocalizing her reservations to miss bell um you would not have uh, you will not have happiness with joshua gardner and future generations will see it true um says though her intent remains a mystery it's theorized that the bell witch the coast the, the coast the ghost of kate bats <laughs> had projected feelings she felt about her own father an abusive man she loathed onto mr gardner hmm. um the bell witch probably killed john bell it says john bell died in 1820 coincidentally from complications due to the neurological disorder bell's palsy <laughs> and when he died in the family home a mysterious vial was found near his bedside the grieving family, for whatever reason, fed the liquid contained within it to their cat, which promptly died. Oh. What? Like, we don't know what it is. Let's give it to the cat. <laughs> That's not okay. That's not okay. I mean, like, if you don't know what it is, just, like, dispose of it. Like, pour it onto the ground or something and, like, yeah, wash really it away sad. with some water. Like, don't, <laughs> don't give it to your animal. Ugh. Oh. Anyways, um, it says this chain of events evoked the spirit of the Bell Witch who claimed responsibility for John's death. Um, the Bell Witch, according to some accounts, was so pleased that she sang at John Bell's funeral. Um, with the object of her ire out of her way, she also went on a haunting hiatus tell or telling the widowed Lucy Bell that she would return in seven years. Um, it says the real Blair Witch. Um, in 1999, the Blair Witch Project hit theaters and became a phenomenon. Uh, the gritty found footage horror film possessed such realism that some people thought it was actually a documentary. Um, while the film was, of course, fiction, it's rumored that it was inspired by the real story of the Bell Witch. The, similar, uh, the similarities are certainly there. The Bell Witch roamed the isolated Tennessee woods, a landscape similar to the Maryland backdrop depicted in the film. She tormented the Bell family with strange sounds and disembodied voices. 
sometimes in two places at once, which are all occurrences that take place to the young documentary documentarians. I don't think I said that right. <laughs> it sounded documentarian. okay to me. No, I read it right. Okay, in the film. Yeah. I was like, this can't be right. I've <laughs> this word. <laughs> um, it says the closest connection, however, is probably how the Blair Witch Project presents its subject as a specter steeped in local legend, um, a cautionary tale of an aggrieved witch dating back generations, a description that fits the Bell Witch quite accurately. Um, it says it's possible that there's a curse on the Bell Witch's land. Um, in 2015, a new spin was put on the centuries-old yarn of the witch who roamed the woods of Adams, Tennessee. A psychic named Sarah Delaney it's P-U-G-H. Pooey. <laughs> Poo? I'm guessing. There's an H on the end? P-U-G-H. Poo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like maybe that's right and maybe I'm just like. <laughs> I think it is poo. <laughs> okay. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Can I be an awful person right now? It's possible. <laughs> um, anyways, um, <laughs> it says in an A&E documentary series called Cursed, um, it says she claims she spoke with the deceased Betsy Bell and got the witch's real story. Pooh insists the Bell family was not cursed, but that the land very much was. Their family's farming of the 300 acre plot, Pooh specul speculates, disturbed the land and awoke the Bell Witch. <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> uh, every time you say Pooh, I just lose it. <laughs> well, it's not done yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay it says Pooh also made some interesting revisions on the death of john bell the clairvoyant based on her communication with the departed betsy stated john was murdered by a slave who rose up against the patriarch the slave or the slave was angered when john did not step in to stop another family member from abusing betsy so the slave took justice into his own hands oh well that's about the bell witch <laughs> and poo <laughs> uh, oh man that was funny <laughs> uh, I want that's got it watch what? it's like uh, something that doesn't even sound like that but it's I don't how else would you say that I don't think there is any other way to say that I think it's just poo I think that's what it is <laughs> Uh, to say <laughs> but yeah I think you said Anyways. it right huh I think you said it right I think I did anyways um so what was your hitch and ass butt moment speaking of poo <laughs> <laughs> okay well it has nothing to do with poo <laughs> this one time um, um so we went to get our taxes done at h&r block and normally we go and like you know set an appointment and sit there for an hour while they do our taxes and then you know it's done with after that hour right we mm -hmm. sign everything and then it's done we've done our taxes mm -hmm. well this time um they were like well you know you can just drop it off and so we had to make an appointment to drop it off at a specific time 
And, hmm. you know, that way we'll, you, you're there for like 15 minutes while you sign a bunch of stuff. And then they make sure that everything you signed was right. And then you leave. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> and then they do your taxes, like presumably right then or sometime soon after. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we do that and five days go by and we haven't heard from them. Mm-hmm. And they were, and I, I had Eric call like the last, like three days of that to be like, Hey, are taxes done yet? Like. You know, when are, they, when are they going to be done? When are they going to be done? And they kept saying, oh, you know, it'll be done by tomorrow. Oh, it'll be done by tomorrow. Oh, it'll be done by tomorrow. So on the fifth day, I called and I was like, what is going on? It's been five days. You know, yeah, we like- we made an appointment. Why did we need to make an appointment to drop something off if you weren't going to work on it? Yeah, like, what's you know? the point? Also, you should have just said like, hey, this is what how long it's going to be. And that would have been fine, but it would yeah. have been nice to know, you know, that would have been nice to know. And they were like, Oh, well, we can't work on it until we don't have any other appointments. So like, we just get to it when there's nothing else to do. What? And I was like, that would have been nice to know. Like that. You know? It's not something that you're actively doing that you're just like, Oh, well, when we have some time, we'll do it. Like exactly. <laughs> it was just like, we'll work on it in our downtime. Like what is their downtime if they're not seeing anybody? Yeah, I just like, are they just like filling their time with like constant appointments one right after another and just collecting all these things, but never doing any of them? Like that doesn't make any sense either. Yeah, it really, really irked my tater. I was just like, I I mean, I was nice to them about it. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't, it wasn't like the guy's fault, you know, if that's their policy or whatever. But anyway, anyway, he was like, we're working on it at six o'clock tonight. And I was like, okay. And that means it'll be done tonight. And he's like, yes, it'll be done tonight. You'll get a phone call tonight. It's like, thanks about time. <laughs> I know. And, and they did, they did call us like later that night and, you know, it was all taken care of, but it was just like five fucking days. You like, know? Why? <laughs> why is this a thing? I know if, if we would have known that we would have just made an appointment and sat with them for an hour. You know yeah. what I mean? So it was just like the whole thing was wonky, but yeah. Anyway, that was my moment. What was yours? Um, so mine, which I'm starting to not feel so bad about anymore, considering how Steve's been acting lately, (laughs) is that I, so I decided, well, Lynn and I kind of both decided that we wanted to get Steve a little flannel and then Hunter, Travis's dog, a little flannel, and they could be our new little mascots, right? Yeah. And they could have their little flannel shirts and they're very handsome in them, but Steve... (laughs) He, he's so fluffy that like he's not big and he, he's not fat at all but like I get him his shirt and I button it and so it like pushes down all of his hair in one area and then he's got like this like coming out either side <laughs> and so I I put him in his flannel and then I proceeded to laugh at him for a long time. Oh, I bet <laughs> he loved that. He was it was so cute but so funny at the same time that I couldn't like not laugh about it. Yeah. And he didn't seem like he was kind of like wait 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 about it, you know, <laughs> just like I hate everything and he's just like wandering around with his little like poof on both sides. Yeah. So I kind of felt like a little bit of an ass butt for laughing at him after I put him in a shirt. But currently I'm not feeling so bad about it because dang, dude. Because <laughs> he won't shut up. Yeah. He won't he shut your... up and he's back there again. He jumped off my lap and now he's scratching at the back door and he's going to oh, start howling him. again. So that's yep. fun. 
<laughs> Does he try to like moonwalk out of it, out of the outfit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he like, I've kind of seen videos and stuff of cats. Like they try and like back out of whatever, but it's hilarious. So I've been watching new girl off and on, um, lately and I've seen it before, but it's just kind of like a fun, like funny thing, you know, to kind of like wind down before bedtime or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of the characters, Nick in the show, if whenever he's in an awkward situation, he like moonwalks out of it and does this like weird hand motion. So he like moonwalks with his hands and with his feet. Yeah. And so Steve's just like very slowly, like making a moonwalk, <laughs> <laughs> trying to like moonwalk out of his shirt <laughs> and yeah. it didn't work, but it was hilarious. And so I kind of felt bad for that too, but also again not really because whatever it's not harming him so yeah but. and he's so cute what do you think about your shirt he literally <laughs> turned around and, walked and showed me his butt <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you sent me a picture of them in their outfits did you I did you did I can't not together but separate okay I'm pretty you sure think- okay. I need to figure out so like I can get both of them because so Steve knows how to sit Okay. And so, but only with a treat will he be inclined to do so. So, but I have figured out in the past how to get them. Like, I just kind of like back up. So they both come over to me and stand next to each other. And then I tell them both to sit and they sit. Here's the problem (laughs) is that Steve apparently doesn't really know how to move in his shirt. (laughs) So like, I don't know if I can get them to both come over, like, have the dog in his shirt without him like trying to eat it and then have Steve in his shirt without him just like flopping over moonwalking all over the place and get them to both come over and sit down so I can have them together so that might be a you know trying to have two people orchestrating that rather than just me but yeah we'll see so it'll be cute and it'll happen at some point But at the very least, we will post the individual pictures of the two of them in their shirts because they're so handsome. (laughs) Yeah, I can't remember the pictures. I'm going to go back through my phone and check it out. You totally should. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to us and our shenanigans. You can email us at idgitsandaspectspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes and send us your Idgit and Aspect moments for a chance to hear your story on our podcast. Thanks again. Thank you.